Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now prepare yourself. Prepare your heart and your mind. Strengthen yourself spiritually like never before. For truly the days are precarious and dangerous upon the earth. Do not be alarmed by that which happens around you in this nation or upon this world. For truly you have been set in place like watchmen upon a wall, those that would pray, intercede, and be available to stand in faith and push back against the darkness. For truly you are the light and the salt that the earth needs greatly right now. So be that light and be that salt. And when fear and panic rages around you, let your words of peace and comfort come forth and minister to those around you who are in such dire need. And you will see a harvest of souls that will come into the kingdom because they will know and see upon you the peace of your Father. And you shall be a desirous people And they will be those that will desire what you have. You'll be able to freely give as I move in you, through you, and among you in the last of these last days, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6. We've got a few minutes to teach the word. Faith is the subject, but as we move into the spiritual things we're teaching on, Last week, I believe I titled Faith in the Holy Ghost or Faith in the Spirit of God, Hebrews chapter 6, if you will. We know by Scripture, by what Jesus taught in John chapter 14, the Spirit of God works in two different ways in our lives as a believer. There is the Spirit that abides, everybody say abides, and there's the Spirit that empowers. You say, what do you mean by that? Two different, distinct manifestations of the Spirit of God, same Spirit. Not two spirits, same Spirit. The Holy Ghost that comes to abide through the new birth, the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. Isn't that great? The temple, you say, what do you mean? The temple in which the Spirit of God abode in the days of old under the old covenant was in Jerusalem, in the Ark of the Covenant and in the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that curtain, which depends on what, uh, what Bible commentator you read after, could be anywhere from 36 to, to 60 inches thick of cloth and material bonded together. That, that, that curtain was ripped from the top to the bottom, and the Spirit of God departed, went to heaven for three days and three nights, then it showed up again. You say, where did it show up? It showed up in the region of the damned and it raised Jesus from the dead and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells and abides and lives in you. Woo, glory to God. That ought to be enough to make you happy right there, amen. But now through the new birth, here comes that spirit that abides on the inside. We'll look at just a minute there in John chapter four. It's likened unto a well. But then there's the empowering spirit. Everybody say empowering. Acts chapter 2, we see on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God fell on that upper room crowd, and the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Now, 
we must understand salvation or being born again. Everybody say born again. Remember that was a phrase that Jesus Christ himself coined. It's not some phrase that came out of, of a seminary somewhere. It is a phrase that Jesus Christ coined. You must be born again. Being born again, being saved, coming to the Lord, whatever you want to call it, is an invitation to the world. Whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me say that again. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, it's all inclusive, anyone on the earth, I like to say it like this, anywhere, anyone, anywhere on planet earth can get saved at any time. You say, now why do you say it, Pastor? What, what difference does that make? Well, because there's a lot of denominations, Christian denominations that believe in what we call Calvinism. Calvinism came out of an old German Bible school about 400 years ago, and it does not teach salvation as being inclusive to all humanity. It talks about predestination, how some people are predestined to be saved and other people are not predestined to be saved. That is not true. For God so loved the world... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So salvation is an invitation to the world. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not an invitation to the world. It is a command to God's children. Acts chapter 1 verse 4, being assembled together with them, commanded them. He commanded the disciples and we being his disciples today are also commanded once we are born again to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the empowerment of God. Now, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, let me read here. Uh, what we're talking about here in Hebrews chapter 6, these first two verses, are what's called the basic doctrines of Christ. These are foundational doctrines that the church is founded on. Amen? And we won't go through all of them. We're going to look at a couple of them real quick. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Better word for that is let us go on to maturity. Everybody say maturity. Not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now look right in the middle there, there's two. Faith towards God, everybody say faith towards God, and the doctrine of baptisms. Everybody say baptisms. Now, scripturally, according to the Word of God, there are three baptisms unique to this dispensation in which we live. First, foremost, number one, the most important is baptism into the body of Christ. That's being born again. That's the new birth. A lot of scripture has been taken out of context in the book of Acts in which they try to give a lot of power to water baptism. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But years ago as a Bible school student, I heard some teaching on water baptism and it wasn't from, from anyone that I was sitting under as a teacher or the pastor of the church that I was attending. It was a meeting that I went to and they were talking about water baptism for salvation, sprinkling or immersion for salvation. And so I began to pray and I said, Lord, and they were using some scriptures out of the book of Acts. And I said, Lord, you know, how can we differentiate when, we, when you use the word baptism in the book of Acts? What is of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? What is of the baptism uh, into the body of Christ? And what is baptism in water? How can we tell? You know, the Lord is so smart. You know what he told me? He said, when it's the new birth, it's baptized into Christ. It's easy to see that. He said, when it's water baptism, water is mentioned. He says within the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's either inferred 
or it's outright says. Acts chapter 2 says they were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. Acts chapter 10 says they're at Cornelius' house that when, they, uh, when Peter spoke the word that the Holy Ghost fell on them and they heard them what? They heard them speak with tongues and glorify God. Acts chapter 19, Paul laid his hands on 12 people who had not heard of the, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost or of the new birth. Amen. And they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. Acts chapter 8, we know there at the great revival in Samaria, there were signs, there were wonders, there were miracles, and people were being baptized into the body of Christ, but nobody had the Holy Ghost. So they sent for Peter and John, who when they came down from Jerusalem, laid their hands upon them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And you know what? There was a sorcerer who had gotten saved, and he saw something. I said he saw something. He said, what did he see? Well, he saw him speak with other tongues. When Simon saw that the Holy Ghost was given by the laying of the hands of the apostles, he tried to buy that gift. But thank God he had sense enough to repent. Amen. So it's really very simple. There's the baptism into the body. That's the most important. You must be born again. Then there's the endowment of power. Same spirit. Spirit comes to abide. Spirit comes to empower. Then there's water baptism. You say, well, pastor, what is water baptism? Well, we don't make light of it in any way. And we don't treat it in any type of derogatory manner. But actually, water baptism is literally the outward showing of the inward faith. It is your ability to identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do believe according to Scripture that is total immersion in water. That is not sprinkling as an infant. That is not other some kind of ritual in what you do. But it's when the believer who is born again says, thank God I'm born again. I want the whole world to see it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be baptized in water publicly. I'm going to go down into baptism like as into death. And I'm going to come up like as unto resurrection. And my whole life is going to show forth that which God has done for me on the inside of my spirit man. Everybody say baptisms. Now, we looked a little bit at the power of salvation last week, but I'm trying to tie it together this week, not only with salvation, but also the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to go that direction because here's what I want you to do. I want you to have faith in the Holy Ghost. I want you to have faith when the Spirit of God speaks to you, you know it's God speaking to you. I want you to have faith that when the Holy Ghost leads you, because I'm telling you, we're living at a time and we're living in an era in which we need the leadership, we need the protection, we need the information that comes from the Spirit of Almighty God. Amen. And that Spirit is in you, and that Spirit is upon you, and He's come to abide forever in you and upon you. Amen? Now, uh, John, go to the Gospel of John. We'll go there for just a few, few moments. John chapter 4, and if you'd like to mark John chapter 7, we'll go there also. Let's pick it up, John chapter 4. We know the story of the woman at the well of Samaria. Pick it up there in verse, uh, let me see here. I believe that's verse 6 or 8. We'll figure it out. It says, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, or unto Jesus, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with Samarians. Now we know Jesus and his, his entourage, his disciples were traveling. They went through Samaria. Jesus actually said, we must needs go through Samaria. So I, I, it looks like the Holy Ghost just led him right there. He sat down at the well, Jacob's well, as he did. He was, he was physically thirsty. His disciples went into the city to buy meat as they did. A woman came. Jesus asked the woman, would you give me some water? So here we pick up the story. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, 
Thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. Everybody say living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep from whence thou hast, and from whence hast thou this living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered. Now listen to this. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, that I shall give him, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, a well of water springing up into eternal life. Everybody say eternal life. So what is it? What is it that he's talking about here? What is it that imparts to the believer or imparts to the sinner? What is it that imparts to the sinner eternal life and takes the sinner out of death and brings him into life, takes him out of darkness, brings him into life? What is it? It is the new birth. It's being born again. But now notice what Jesus says. Jesus said, it is like a well. Everybody say a well. It is like a well springing up on the inside of you. Now I want you to know, most of our drilling in the world today is done for oil. Oil and gas is a very large industry. But I want you to know, much, your life will be much more enhanced if you live out in a desert somewhere and really don't have access to a lot of energy. Your life will be much more enhanced by a water well than an oil well. Amen. You can't drink oil. You can't put oil on the ground and raise crops. You can't raise cattle with oil. And back in those ancient times, they didn't know anything about oil. And water wells were unique to areas because where you found water, you found life. Now, that well God has put on the inside of you. Salvation is for you. Let me say that again. Salvation is for you. The word sotos, which is the word salvation, literally in its literal translation means healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance. By the Spirit of God that God has put on the inside of you, God wants you to be healed, safe, protected, sound, deliverance, whatever you need, God has placed it on the inside of you. I like what an old preacher said years ago. He said, in the beginning, God created a garden and put man in it. But he said, in redemption, what God did is took the garden, wrapped it up, and put it on the inside of man. And by faith, you just draw out of that well. You draw out of that well. You draw out of that well. And I'm telling you, everywhere you go into the Middle East, you find a well, you'll find an oasis. Where there's not a well, there's a desert. Amen? Now, a couple of things about the well that's on the inside of you. Number one... That well of salvation in you will establish the perimeters of your life. Amen? I mean, you, you become a believer. You're born again. You're not of the world. Jesus said it like this. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. There are some perimeters. And thank God they're for your blessing, they're for your safety, they're for your healing, and they're for your deliverance, and they're for your prosperity. There's places you should not go. There are things you should not do. There are things you not, should not expose yourself to. You say, why? Perimeters. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
You see where there's a well in the, in the area of the Middle East. You go over there and it's amazing how you see all that land that the Jewish people own, how green it is and how they've taken those wells and they've irrigated. But what it has done, it has literally created the perimeters. My dad took me over there in 1985 when I graduated from Bible school and I was amazed that everything around the wells that the Jewish people own was green and flourishing and growing. We went to a kibbutz there when they fed us. It looked like the Garden of Eden. I mean, there was every kind of plant, there were trees, there was fruit, there were crops in the field. But then you get around these uncoveted people that did not know God, and everything was dirt and death. Amen? Thank God you got a well on the inside. No matter what the drought of your past life might have been, you've got a well on the inside of you that'll set some perimeters of life for you so that you can begin to flourish and be blessed. Everybody say, I'm going to flourish. I'm going to be blessed. Now, let me just say this. Second thing, a well brings value to the area where it's dug. Woo, glory to God. I don't care what the world says about you. I don't care what the devil says about you. When you got born again, the value of who you are got elevated. You became a child of God. I don't think you got that. Let me try that again. You became a child of God. You are royalty. You have royal blood flowing into your veins. Listen, you are an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ himself. He is the king of kings and lord of lords, and you're just a little king under him ruling the world that God has given you. Amen? It has given extreme value to your life. You are valuable. You are loved by God. You are the apple of His eye. I don't care what the world has said about you. I don't care what your family has said about you. I don't care what anything has said about you. God values you and has put a well in you. Number three. This is a good one. A well establishes community interaction. You know what grows up around the wells in those oases? A community does. Do you know it is the will of God for every believer that's born again to be added to a church? You say, why? Well, that's community. The church is the government of God in the earth so that the kingdom of God can be established and exercise its principles and its authority. I'm going to tell you something. It is the church that has brought morality to the world. It is the church that has kept the, 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 the moral compass in the right direction and kept the lid on everything that the enemy is trying to do. Listen, if the enemy had his way, this whole thing would be an anarchy. People People would be rioting in the streets. People would be worshiping the devil. People would be doing all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, there is a strength and a power that withholds all of that. And that is the well that's on the inside of you, the power and the anointing of God. Now, I remember being in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Man, if the devil ever tried to take over a city, it's Port-au-Prince. On Friday night at 6 o'clock, their rituals begin because on Friday night at 6 o'clock, that's when the Jewish Sabbath starts. So they do everything they can do to defile the Sabbath. You never heard so many chickens crowing, so many dogs barking, so many people screaming. I mean, it just goes on till midnight. Bells ringing, horns playing, music blaring, people going absolutely crazy. But thank God we were in a missionary compound where people were praying in the Holy Ghost and none of that could get in there. It's just a type of our salvation. No matter what's going on in the world. It can't get into you. The violence, the immorality, all of the deception can't get into you. You say, why? You're drinking of another well. Fourth thing. 
a well provides the essential element to sustain your life. You say, what do you mean? That well of the life of God that got in you through salvation gives you the essential element. Say, Pastor, if I could just get more money. Nope. I hope you do. But no, more money's not going to do it. If I could just have a better position at my job, if I could get some more education, if I can get this again. Let me tell you something. You've been given something by God on the inside of you. It is a gift from God. God gave you grace to receive it. God gave you faith to receive it. And if you can begin to explore the vast dimensions of what God has done on the inside of you, you explore it by the Spirit, you explore it by the Word. When you begin to do that, I guarantee you, you'll see the greatest life enhancement on planet Earth is the new birth and the springing well of life that God places in your life through salvation. Now, go to John chapter 7. I'll close there. What makes the message we preach unique is that we believe by the Word of God that the message that we preach is a twofold or has a twofold power to it. You say, now what do you mean? It is the proclamation, but it's also the demonstration of the Word of God that makes us who we are. Now listen, without the demonstration of the Holy Ghost confirming the Word, the power of the Word of God, the power of the name of Jesus, which manifests the ability of God. Now let me ask you an honest question. Have you ever in your life received something from God? Supernatural. You know it's of God. I'm not, not just you know, discounting the, the new birth. That was the greatest miracle you'll ever receive. But I'm talking about a prayer answered. You were protected in a certain situation. God gave you a miracle. But let me just put it like this. You had something other than a proclamation. There was a demonstration of the goodness of God. How many of that's ever happened to you? Now, let me say this. That sets us apart uniquely because no other God that is proclaimed upon the earth has any element of demonstration to them. They're just a religious philosophy, maybe a moral idea, maybe some kind of sayings or rituals that seem like they you know, might enhance somebody's mind or something. But in reality, it's, 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 it's just a doctrine of devils that has no production ability to it. But I want you to know, our God, from the first book of Genesis to the last book of Revelation, there is a demonstration of the greatness and the supernatural ability of God. I heard somebody say one time, well, we, we get to the end of the book and we win. I never liked that. You ever heard that? I read the last chapter of the book and we went, Honey, we win in the first book, the second book, the third book, the fifth book, the fifteenth book, the twentieth book, in every book, in every chapter of the Word of God, we are winners. Amen. You don't have to wait to get to the end of the book to win. You won when you got born again. But now, that well put on the inside of you is your personal connection to God. That iniquity that came through the fall and original sin has been annihilated by God and removed out of your human spirit. Now you're the righteousness of God in Christ. But then God wanted to do something. 
in order to empower the church and empower his children. So he gave us another dimension called not baptism into the body of Christ, but the baptism in the Holy Ghost or the endowment of power. Acts chapter 1, 8 says this, you'll receive power. You'll receive power. I'm glad you're so excited. It says you'll receive power. That's why a lot of it's not working for people. Man, I get excited about the power of God. I said, I get excited. I've seen, I've seen it in demonstration in such amazing ways. I've literally seen the cripples walk. I've seen the, the blind eyes open. I've seen, the, I've seen healing and manifestation of miracles beyond my imagination. And God gets all the glory. It's His power, His ability, but He wants it working in you. Amen. In you, in every area, every way. John chapter 7, verse 37. In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, everybody say thirst. Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I got good news, Island Church. Jesus has been glorified. I said, Jesus has been glorified. I said, Jesus has been glorified. But now, there's an important scripture. Let's lift it out just for a moment. Take a little rabbit trail, then we'll close. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said. Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? Remember, we talked about perimeters. I'm probably more than you, more desirous of the supernatural power of God I've, 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 I've dedicated my life to know Him and not only just to know Him, but to convince others of the reality of Christ. Not just through the proclamation of the Word, but also the demonstration of God's power. Now, the reason I wanted to end up on this scripture this morning is this. We are living in the most perilous times that the earth has ever seen. The last of the last days and the standard of the Word of God needs to be our standard. There's many false prophets raising up. There are false manifestations of, uh, of power that people say, well, 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 that's God, or this is God, or that's God. But the Bible says, He that believeth on me as the Scriptures hath said. Now, I've preached this type of message, not this exact message, but this type of message to, to thousands of people over the years, and some people get mad because their favorite manifestation gets talked about, and it's not of God. Getting quiet in here, amen? But only that which lines up with the Word of God is the manifestation of the power of God. Because there's all kinds of fake stuff that goes, well, how can there be fake stuff? Well, go back and study Exodus and Moses and all those deceitful occultic priests that manifested four different things that Moses did. But that last one, he threw down that, threw down that staff, turned into a snake. They threw down, down their staff, and his snake ate all their snakes up. He couldn't stick with them after that, amen. They came to Jesus. They said, give us a sign. They wanted a sign that he was a Messiah. My goodness, he'd been healing the sick. He'd been raising the dead. He'd fed two different huge crowds of people with just a, you know, a happy meal. <laughs> amen, about what it was. 
He'd been doing signs, wonders, and miracles. He spoke with authority. And they come to him. You know what they were saying? They were saying, step outside the perimeter of what God says and give us a sign. You know what he said? You're not getting any sign. He says, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. That's the only sign you're going to get. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, there are literally things that God does according to His Word. He saves, He heals, He delivers, He sets free. There are gifts of the Holy Ghost that are in manifestation and in power. There are, but God doesn't need any extracurricular advertisement from the devil. Things that seem to be so woo, supernatural, but have no basis in the Word of God. I remember... There was a group of churches that came out of a particular very strong Pentecostal denomination back in the mid-90s. And I was privileged to preach in several of their churches. And after they really, they really started getting a handle on the supernatural, the baptism, here comes, here comes the false. Here comes a false prophet with a false anointing. You say, what happened? Well, many of those churches, they begin to have gold dust meetings. And there was gold dust everywhere. But I never saw one church scrape up enough gold dust to pay the light bill. And oh man, everybody ood nod over the preacher. Always remember, things that, that draw attention to the vessel are not of God. But things that manifest as the scriptures have said, they're of God. We've ministered all down through Central America. We've ministered over in Asia. I've actually got to go to Africa one time, all over Europe. And when we were in Europe, especially in the nation of Ireland, all kinds of, of, these, of these religious aberrations begin to happen. Stones begin to move. Statues begin to cry. And it was amazing. We could get three or 400 people in a Holy Ghost meeting, but they would flock by the thousands to stand in front of the church and watch a statue cry. Nobody got saved. Nobody got healed. Nobody got touched by the power of God. But honey, where we were preaching Jesus, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. We saw a confirmation of the word of God through signs and wonders and demonstrations of his power. And church, we're fixing to see an outpouring of that unprecedented in the earth where we're going to see signs and wonders and outflowings of his power. But it's going to have to be as the scriptures say. Now, closing with this. Out of your belly... Actually, I like the true Greek translation. It says, from the very essence and belly of God himself into your belly will flow what? Rivers. Now, this is talking about empowerment. You say, well, there's a difference between a well and a river. Well's on the inside. It's for you. But the river is something that is flowing, something that is unique from God, something that carries with it the ability to take you on a journey. Amen? Now, two points real quick, and I'll close. Maybe not. No, I'm just kidding you. I have to get this if I don't. The rivers provide power, establish direction, continually establish boundaries, carry you through changes of scenery, and you don't control it. It controls you. 1996, there was a terrible flood that hit up in the Midwest. It rained all up through Minnesota into the Dakotas and rained and rained and rained and rained. And especially the Mississippi and the Missouri, those two rivers itself, because I was preaching in Missouri up there at the time, preaching in some of these other uh, states that were up there. Uh, we'd been in West Virginia, a couple other places where they were having flooding. And I remember watching the news one night, and they made this statement. They said, because the rain on the aquifer was so intense, and because there was so much rain, the rivers have returned themselves to their original 
direction. Because what had happened, our Army Corps of Engineers over the years had had built levees. They had built dams. They had dammed up, walled up, and tried to alter the flow of the river, both the Mississippi and the Missouri. But when the rain came, you see, that's exactly what the devil's tried to do with the church. He's tried to build dams and levees and, you know, the power of God's not for today and and speaking in tongues is not for you and healing's not for you. See, he's tried to build dams. He's tried to build levees. He's tried to build all kinds of deception and distraction to keep the rivers from flowing. But I got good news. It's starting to rain again. And when it begins to rain, what happens? The rivers return themselves to their original direction so that we can go down the rivers, see changes of scenery, not be in control of the river, but the river in control of us. That is the beautiful picture that Jesus himself gave us of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you, God, for the spirit that abides and the spirit that empowers everything in us, Lord God, that is of life and light and your power upon us bringing that demonstration of your life and power. Father, let every believer here become more sensitive to your presence, to your power. Let these saturation events take place. Let the rain of heaven fall on our fields. Lord, you said the latter and the former at the same time that many multitudes in the valley of decision right now. Never before has there been a greater opportunity to preach the gospel and see men and women changed by the power of God and made new by the new birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, nobody look around for just a moment. You say, Pastor Rusty, I'm not living right, I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God. Maybe you've never been born again and you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior or maybe at one time you were born again and you just haven't been serving God you've broken fellowship I've got good news God never broke his relationship with you you're here this morning say that's me pastor would you please pray for me if you'll while everybody's heads bow reverence to the Lord eyes are closed in respect to you if that's you lift your hand real quick anyone at all one hand another another there anyone else Three people have lifted their hand. Anyone else? Just put it up, put it down real quick so I can see it. Thank you, Lord God. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. We've had about three or four rows. So everyone, if you will, stand on your feet. And here's what we're going to do. Remember the title of what we're preaching is Faith in God. I want you to have faith in God this morning. If you're praying to be born again or if you're praying just to be restored to fellowship with God, have faith in God this morning. We're all going to help you. We're going to pray with you. We're not going to call you up front. or No, we're just going to pray with you and help you. And here's what I want everyone to do. I want you to pray out loud so your own voice, your own ears can hear what your voice is saying. And as you pray the prayer, you that have raised your hand, settle it with God that you're born again, you're right with God, and you're going to stay right with God. And it's always good for all of us to reaffirm our salvation. Amen? Out loud, everybody. Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you for the abiding spirit, for the new birth, for being born again. 
and its simplicity in my life. I do believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you, God, raised your son Jesus from the dead, that he is living and abiding in heaven, seated at your right hand. Thank you, Father. My sins are remitted, erased, wiped away, never to be remembered against me. Thank you, Father. My fellowship is healed. I am one with God. Heavenly Father, areas of my life in which I seem to be so weak, I confess that fault to you. Thanking you, Lord, you cleanse me from all sin, all unrighteousness. As I stand in Island Church, February 28, 2021, I am born again. I am right with God. I have gotten right. I will stay right. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Now shout and thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, next Sunday, we'll get into the Holy Ghost part of this. We're going to go and we're going to take a journey through the book of Acts. And you're going to see that it was always God's intention for every one of you to have as much power as any preacher you've ever seen, any person you've ever known. He wants you, God wants you walking on the earth like Jesus walked on the earth. That's literally what he wants. Amen. Father, thank you for these wonderful people this morning. As is our tradition, we stand in faith to your word, believing for a week of protection and safety, declaring no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh us, angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father. We will not suffer under the bondage of the wicked. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see their reward. So as we travel this week, highway, the airway, the seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare, we declare we are protected. As we handle the resource, we have to be out in public. We have to work. Some working in the ocean, some working in the medical, some in education, some up in the plants. However we work, wherever we work, we are protected from evil plans of wicked men, from the devil himself. We even dare as your people to speak against and push back against the flu, against the common cold, against the coronavirus, against anything else. The enemy might try to rise up against us. We say no in Jesus' name. We resist it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the light life in us that this week evangelism will stir in our heart, that we will be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, an answer to their prayer, that we, Lord God, would be your witnesses here on the earth, both through proclamation, demonstration. Let a boldness come upon us to share the good word of God with all those that are hurting and lost. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. 
we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood. Come on, shout it out. Empowered by the Word and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.